Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're back. We're talking some more Pac-12 football. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Rob Huang. Alongside me, as always, is Andy. Andy, how are you doing this fine evening? Chaos, baby. Living in chaos. <laughs> and we have a very, very special guest. Uh, we've been meaning to get him on the pod for quite some time. Um, is Saman from Traveler Hates Thursdays, which is a USC podcast. Saman, how are you doing this evening? Anxious. It's <laughs> just like anxious. So much, so much anxiety, both for... The real world stuff and the football stuff but yeah thank you thank you guys for having me on really appreciate it super pumped to uh to join you guys yeah we're uh we're super stoked to talk through some se stuff and alongside some other pac-12 south stuff but before we get to that we're recording on thursday evening a few hours ago kind of is when um it was announced that the cal washington game this coming saturday depending on when you're listening to this is can was canceled due to a player testing positive and an entire position group being um, forced to quarantine, which now is known as the defensive line. Um, so that is the reason, because, of course, there's that minimum of player requirements for you. I think you need one quarterback, a certain amount of offensive linemen, and a certain amount of defensive linemen to play a game, regardless of the other like total minimum that the Pac-12 has set. So that's the news. Um, Andy, we've been waiting for this for a few weeks now. and. <laughs> You predicted that a game would be affected by COVID, was it two weeks ago? I was like, do you hear that sound in the background? That little ding, ding, ding. (laughs) That means I just nailed one of my predictions. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're we're blaming Andy for this. We're we're 100% blaming Andy for this. Uh, I'm on Andy. board for blaming Andy for anything. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's um, classic. This is just classic. <laughs> so silly, man. Of course. Of course it happened the week before the game and of course it was Cal and of course of the game. The week of the game. Yeah, week week of the game and then uh and then on top of it they're not even going to make it up. Cal's Cal's is going to play five games. All right. <laughs> so there was no backup plan for if one game got pushed. Is that my understanding? Like there was zero. Well, so John Wilner reported today on Twitter saying that uh, they haven't solidified that that seventh week is going to be like a cross division game. So potentially if there's enough missed games, I guess you can use that seventh game to make it up versus, but it, it does, it logistically doesn't make sense. Right. Um, in that, in my opinion, but it's assuming the worst, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Andy, do you have any other, uh, thoughts on this before I ask, uh, Saman, like what an outsider's feeling of this situation is? Yeah, let's go to the outsider for sure. Let's go to the outsider. Yeah, so Simon, tell tell us, like from an outsider looking in, like are you are, are you scared to crap like that? This might happen this to your team. Of course, <laughs> of course, I'm terrified. So the whole the whole uh, off season, but you know the off season was a slog um, for obvious obvious reasons. But um, every off season pod that we had, granted, that's like three because you know. <laughs> Nobody wants us to hear us say the same thing over and over again. But the the theme was always just this contradiction of, do we want football? Yeah, but do we want football in a way that's conducive to keeping these kids and coaches in a in a healthy as possible way, knowing that the foot to sport is dangerous enough? Uh, so adding this element of exposing them to a, a horrible virus uh, is, is is a terrifying thing and. The whole, you know, player compensation thing, which is, you know, lacking greatly. Um, so it's it's horrifying. But all, but all, am I surprised? No, it's just like, you know, it it's surprising to me that the teams in the South and the Midwest and the Midwest and the Plains or whatever uh, played as many games as they have, and largely unscathed. I mean, you know, there are some teams, Baylor, for example, that has was largely affected by it or uh, you know Trev- the the Heisman favorite Trevor Lawrence obviously contracting it and uh, being out for the indefinite future uh, and of course the greatest coach in the sport uh, and Nick Saban getting it but then it kind of just disappearing which you know Alabama but um, it's it's horrifying this is this is not what you wanted to see uh, I wasn't as I oh, granted you kind of went through the details there and I wasn't as aware of them. It makes sense that, you know, a whole position group got it or was exposed to it. So they had to shut it down. Um, the, the pure football junk, you'd be like, well, you know, why can't they convert some linebackers to D line or move some O linemen to the other side of the ball? But no, it's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, it's horrible to see, you know, everybody wants to see football. I love college football, even though it's an incredibly flawed sport, but um, it's terrifying. Hope everyone obviously makes it out okay. Um, and hopefully, but now it's not even just this week that's in jeopardy for Cal, right? Because of the county guidelines that they might have to forfeit next week as well or postpone next week. 
Yeah, that's a uh, that's definitely in the air. I think uh, I think they're trying to work through all of that stuff to see if the guys who are quarantining that weren't that aren't testing positive and do test negative through the rest of the weekend should be okay to go by Monday. And the other and the one guy who has tested positive is definitely going to be staying away for the foreseeable future. So we still don't know who that is. Like who that is is a big determinant of like what we expect going to Arizona. We always playing in that state already is such a toss up for us anyways. Um, so, and then like, you know, if we lose one of our top defensive linemen, then God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> oh, Arizona is, is it Arizona that you would play next week or ASU? ASU. ASU. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. We always get the good one. Like, you know, we get Utah when they're good. It's a Colorado, like when they're bad and it's yeah. the opposite. Like it, it, I hate it. So you know what's funny about the whole the Arizona school thing? Um, Kenny, who unfortunately couldn't join tonight, uh, was always after pointing out they did spring football because, um, you know, things are different there in Arizona. So I think that'll be interesting to see uh, if the Arizona schools themselves are kind of more prepared than everybody else because they've had a full offseason of install and that sort of that sort of perspective. But um but yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. It sucks. Was excited like the game was the game itself was going to be really good. Uh, local, I, I'm an Irvine Newport Beach kid and, and Chase Garbers, um, at at quarterback and Ethan's at Washington. Or Ethan's no? at Washington. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be the starter, but yep, that that would have been a fun one. So Washington's full out of their Jake allotment. No more Jakes. I don't think there's any more Jakes on the roster. Yeah. Sad. Well, there is a there is a Jacob Sherman, right? Peter Sherman's kid. That's yeah, right. so I don't know if that counts as a Jake. Uh, we'll we'll count it. Yeah, we'll count We're it. Counting right. Jacob Eason as a Jake. We'll count Sherman as a Jake. All right, we'll call. It. All right, <laughs> then there still is a Jake. A Jake still survives in Washington. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely going to be interesting the next few days, at least for as a Cal fan to see what's going to happen going into Arizona State. Um. But yeah, Andy, you got a prediction right. <laughs> yeah, the worst one possible. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I think what Simon said was super apt. Like that when we talked about this, we made it very clear that a single positive test was an abject failure of the entire season. Mm-hmm. And uh, because one positive test could lead to several more and and then we just don't know. Like my friend was in the hospital and couldn't like he still can't walk 50 uh, feet without being winded. So it's like subjecting somebody to that is brutal. And so at the time, you know, it was this funny thing because it looks like, you know, we saw all the other schools they're playing. You know, it's like there's rankings going on. And we're like, oh, damn, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten is really missing out. Big Ten decides to come back. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to come back. Then look at Wisconsin. Like, Wisconsin it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a total disaster. And, yeah. yeah, so it's wild. And, unfortunately, you know, it was one of those predictions that I thought was bold at the time. And then I remember you, Rob, and Trace were just like, yep, mm-hmm, that's <laughs> definitely going to happen. Because yeah. <laughs> I also threw fires in there. So I was like, it's going to be postponed by fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> COVID or just something entirely different. And everyone was like, oh yeah, for sure. Without a doubt, that's happening. <laughs> so 
maybe it's a good thing we got it out of the way at the beginning, but I doubt it. And uh, it certainly sucks because the Niners, as you know, are also dealing with this. And they're playing right now. The rafts right now. And so I was like, oh, thank goodness. I'm like really excited to look forward to Cal this weekend. But on the bright side, it's my wife's birthday. So she will be extraordinarily excited that Saturday night of her birthday weekend. For the first time in seven years, we do not have to watch a Cal football game. (laughs) Happy birthday to your wife. Happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah, that's. Now you have to I make mean, sure she listens to the podcast because, you know, you know, give her a shout out. In fear of an earthquake happening, knock on wood, there hasn't been like a massive earthquake because I feel like that's the only thing missing on the on the West Coast. Come on, at one point there, speak something in existence yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, like at one point last week when the Irvine fires were happening, there was like 22 fires going on in the state. It's just like, yeah. what are we doing? I think we're getting rain this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we are hope, getting rain. hope so. Now we're going to get mudslides because that's yep. how it <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And I'm going to Santa Barbara where all the mudslides happen. So It's a never-ending cycle. Yeah. Good it's luck. never-ending cycle. Good luck. Oh, Just oh, give man. me Georgia. You can give me all the bad in the world. <laughs> Just give me Georgia and Pennsylvania. Georgia that's and fine. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Penn, Penn State owes us something good for every all the, all the bad that they've done. Peace up, A-Town down, baby. Peace up, eight town down. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on because there's a reason we brought Simon on the pod today, which is to talk about SE, our bitter rivals to the south, and uh, to talk about his you know thoughts on the Pac-12 South as well. So, you know, just to just for our listeners to start, um, I believe the USC Trojans were picked to finish first in the Pac-12 South by the media polls. Uh, they took 32 first place votes finished at 220 in relation Oregon took 35 with 222 their favor to win the whole conference and then Cal for reference also got three first place votes 176 to finish second in the Pac-12 North so that was the projections there the Trojans last year finished um, eight and five um, they scored at an average of 32.5 points per game. They gave up about 29.4, which is about 78th in the country. Their scoring was about 37th in the country. Um, and it looks like offensively, they bring back pretty much everyone. They are the fifth uh, most pro- production returning team in the country, 82% overall, 77% on offense and 87% of their production on defense. So not a lot of turnover. Um, it looks like you guys are, are, you know, going to be pretty, I mean, you guys are always stocked with talent, but even more so with talent and experience. Um, is that a good, uh, well, and also today they announced the preseason all conference selections. And I think SC had seven players selected to the first and second team in total. So yeah. Uh, give me, give us your, uh, give us your thoughts on the, the season and like the team, uh, composition for this upcoming season. Yeah, um, you know the the variable the the variable is the head coach, uh, <laughs> which is off the bat, off the bat. What a world to live in. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the the big turnover spots are are offensive tackle. They have to replace both of them, so that's going to be huge. Um, uh, additionally, you know Graham Harrell does come back, which makes me very very happy, uh, as I think he is. Uh, I usually hate the idea of, of 
of promoting from within, but if they were to get rid of Clay and, and give Graham the reins, I would be happy with it just because I feel like he's one of those talents uh, that's worth keeping around. Um, Todd Orlando, the new defensive coordinator, uh, former formerly of the University of Texas, uh, kind of just seemed like ran out of steam and Herman had to do what we call Notre Dame, which is fire all of his coordinators and hire new ones to save his ass. Um, and we'll see if that works out for, for Herman, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Clay Helton effectively just did that on one side of the ball. Um, I'll save the breakout players for a little bit later, but no, excited, excited about Orlando, what that defense brings for us. Uh, and obviously excited about Grim Harrell. Um, the talent's there, not this recruiting class, but the, <laughs> but the past ones. Um, and uh, excited to see what this little six-game mini-season has in store. Andy, you got any questions for Simon talking about SC, like their general stuff before we dive in? Yeah, so, I mean, just looking at Keaton Slovis, do you think it is an improvement upon last year? Is it a Sam Darnold situation where sort of like year one sort of in a way kind of felt like maybe better than the rest or, you know, not totally, but like Jake Fromm similarly that like came on really strong as freshman and then just kind of like was good enough. But I'm curious if you see like Slovis continuing to take that next step. He's obviously in a good situation with Harrell at offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason that I'm optimistic about avoiding a Darnold situation is that Harrell's the offensive coordinator. Uh, I think that's a, there's a stronger offensive identity with Harrell than there was uh, when when Sam was the quarterback uh, with the what is referred to on the USC message boards and internet as the gumbo offense. Um, <laughs> so it's it's good to uh, good to have identity always within your football team, and Graham Harrell definitely has that, and uh, he the energy is is definitely there and. Yeah, I'm all in on Keaton. I think um, I didn't see that. Nobody saw this coming. I mean, Harold. Harold. Well, I'll change that. Harold's the only person that saw this coming. He all summer camp um, or fall camp or whatever the hell you want to call it. I prefer to call it summer camp because it happens in the summer. Uh, last season, uh, he was hyping Slovis up. That's why he was the backup, um, and he seems to be right. Um, so uh, that's. Uh, I'm the only thing that worries me about him is how many shots is he going to take? And is he going to be able to play all six games? Mm. Well, I guess off of that, there's one question I've always wanted to ask SC fans. And I should have asked this earlier, like, you know, when you guys first hired Harold and such, but there's a, it's, it's very split for any fan base. When you hire an offensive coordinator, that's so um, singular in his, scheme like it's, mm-hmm. it's an air raid offense right mm-hmm. and andy and i you know, i think both of us can attest to this like when we hired sunny we're like holy hell we're going to like spread we're going like from tedford's playbook we're going spread we're modernizing we're going to the air raid and then like two years in it we're like oh my god can we get rid of the air raid please can we <laughs> can we run in 22 or 21 personnel for crying out loud can we get a fullback and an actual tight end like you know we were we we're getting to that point like what was the fan what was i guess for you like where were you on that on that line and then where where are you now i was ready i was ready for them to try to do something different cuz they'd been doing the same thing 
for since Pete Carroll left. I mean, everything was an extension of what Pete Carroll did, whether it was Lane, whether it was Sark. Helton was on many of mm-hmm. was on both Lane's and Sark's staff. So <clears throat> it needed some level of a change. Um, and you look at what USC is really good at recruiting quarterbacks and wide receivers. It makes sense. Um, there's, you know, you're, and you're not going to, what's additionally, what are they bad at? And what's really hard to get is good offensive linemen, especially seemingly now in California, it's really hard to find good op- offensive linemen where a lot of them are at the South and a lot of them don't want to move because uh, they can go to the SEC and, and get ready. And, you know, the evidence is there for them to go pro from there. So, um, why not develop a system that accentuates your strengths, especially in recruiting? Um, and why not, you know, and they, they played their hand, current head coach in the NFL was their offensive coordinator for like a month. Uh, so, you know, they, they stuck with it. Um, I, I'm excited to see what year two holds. Year one was really, really promising. Um, you know, the wide receiver talent is off the charts, always, always at SC. Uh, and Keaton Slovis, like uh, saying, looks like the real deal. I mean, not much you can say to that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be uh, what they did. The, the, the concern is obviously is short yardage, which I'm sure you guys had the concern uh, with Sonny. Um, Sonny was fun, but his defenses were full. Um, that was that was the big problem. I mean, Goff gave us hell every single time we played him, so it's not like the offense was really the big problem, but. Short yardage, the, the short yardage is, is the thing where, you know, you worry a little bit about it. But the hope is that, you know, we hit 15, 20-yard plays and consecutively for touchdowns, and that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we end up having to think that the air raid was, at, at that point in time, I think. Bear raid. It was the, the bear, bear raid, right? The bear raid was impossible to pair with any type of defense because it, you know, quote-unquote, wore down your your defense too much because you scored too quickly which we've mm-hmm. seen that whole narrative change is like the air raid is kind of branched out it's become more naturally like there's air raid concepts being used more and more across college football but i remember for sure that feeling of just sort of being like is this something that do you have to suck this much at defense in order to be this good at offense <laughs> and it seems like usc sort of proved that wrong last season <sighs> with but at the same time you know clancy was the ire of, of many SC fans. I think like, I'm glad you're excited about Orlando, but I think that's the big, that's probably the question mark for me 100%. going into the season is, you know, what is, what does the defense look like? I but, mean, they're going full big 12, right? Like it's, a commi- <laughs> it's a commitment to, to big 12 and hopefully it's not big 12 bad. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, it's going to be, no, that's Clancy. It seemed like the game passed Clancy by, and it just seemed like the same things. It was the same things, just dependent, just changed on the opponent. It was sweeps. It was misdirection. It was every single time USC was getting killed by the same shit over and over again. And to have that performance against Iowa in the bowl game, um, and obviously it really kind of got out of hand once Keaton got hurt, but... Um, I was so, everyone was so tired of it. I bet a fair amount of, of people on that game. <laughs> <Didn't> <laughs> <block>. <laughs> I was like, Essie's nice, believe me. And then the great equalizer of Lindsey Pendergast and Clay Helton. 
I mean, we had Clancy too for a while, so we we have legit. He was he was good. That's That's when yeah, he was holding Oregon to like ten points. Yeah, Chip Kelly, Oregon. Yeah, that was Chip Kelly, Oregon. Man, oh, time flies. That was what Mike. Michael Hendricks or one of the Hendricks, Eric, one of the Hendricks brothers was on that team. Hendricks. Yeah. Kendrick, yeah. Michael Kendricks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper. Let's, uh, let's go into the schedule. You guys play ASU the first 9 a.m. game of Pac-12 history on uh, this weekend, oh. uh, November 7th. You guys host ASU. Then you guys tra- activated. <laughs> then you guys travel to the desert. You guys take on Arizona on the 14th. Then you guys travel the mountains and take on Utah on the 21st. Then host Colorado. Then host Washington State as your cross division game. And then the big LA rivalry. You guys play at UCLA to close out the year. Um, tell me about the schedule. Do you like it? Are there any games that you're worried about? Um, just run me through it. Yeah. I- Honestly, and this is you're gonna roll your eyes like oh arrogant USC fan here, but this is <laughs> this is the best draw that USC could get from schedule wise. Um, to get Wazoo out of the north, yep. uh, to get ASU at home, uh, I think that's super helpful. The uh, the one obviously the one that scares the the living hell out of me because we haven't won in Utah since 2012 is the Utah game. Um, so uh, that that's the big one that scares me. Um, and you know, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll save I'll save my my further arrogance for for later on. But it it, it shapes up nicely, it shapes up nicely for USC. The 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 Carl Durrell reappearance is still a wild storyline to me. But uh, but yeah, it should should be a good should be a good six games for USC for sure. It's hard to look at the schedule and not see, not have confidence with it. Really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's it's a it's pretty friendly because even with the the scary games ASU and Utah, there's a lot of turnover there. Uh, you know, granted, their Utah's player development is un, unmatched with anyone really in the conference, so that you have to take that into account. Britton Covey, the ageless or seemingly endless years of eligibility for that guy, I think he's like 35 now. Um, yeah, he has two grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's still there their tight end is nasty keithy um but you know they they change quarterbacks they change uh their pass rush i think is all is is all brand new they lose this the superheroes that they had on that side of the ball a lot of defensive back overturn and then obviously they lose zach, zach moss also uh so that'll be uh that'll be interesting to see i think their quarterback is the transfer from south carolina um his name is escaping me currently, but yes, yeah, because Shelley's now at I think Ohio, uh, Utah State, yeah, I believe, yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough. Like you look at the preseason, like and what the media, what the media picked, and it's like SC, then Arizona State, then Utah, then UCLA, Colorado, and Arizona. You, you play against four teams because Washington State's picked to finish dead last in the Pac-12 North. So you're playing four teams out of your six that are that are predicted to finish in the bottom half of their respective divisions, right? So yeah. you should be heavily favored going into at least four of those games. Um, I mean, granted, UCLA is kind of, you know, it's always a rival- rivalry games are always like somewhat weird. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't think you guys should be close in that game at all. So. Yeah, I mean ASU and Utah, as you said, like are the two are the two big ones. Um, that if you can get ASU out of the way early, which you do in week one, 
then yeah. it should be a somewhat of a cruise to the finish line. Should. The, should that's the should is the <laughs> imperative word. <laughs> but it's 2020 in college football, so. Yeah. And, and it's USC football, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so funny, like the doubt that has crept into the mindset because it didn't always used to be there. And no. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny too about USC football history is that USC football fans think like they're this perennial power, um, and they are a perennial recruiting power for sure. As long as the you know the recruiting services have existed, and I'm sure previous to that, but you look at the history, there's like large gaps between <laughs> periods of competence and and excelling. There's you know 25, 30 year gaps between consistent bowl runs and or championship runs. So it's. Uh, yeah, the 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 great overconfidence that is the USC fan base um, and and great self evaluation uh, is is pretty remarkable. I don't think this is this is not this is not one of those thirty. We're not in that new thirty year stretch or the new end of a thirty year stretch or whatever twenty five year stretch, whatever it is. Um, I think technically eight, six, 18, 16. 50, whatever, good um, 2000s. So we're, as long as Clay Helton's here, I don't think we're winning a national title anytime soon. I mean, so let's let's talk about Clay Helton for a little bit. That oh. was going to be one of my questions. Was, yeah. I mean, we talked about him early, and I thought I was like, I'm surprised you brought him up this early because, you know, we're going to have to talk about him at some point. Uh, but, you know, I think – is it a right gauge to say that he's somewhat on the hot seat? And if he is, like what – what has to like happen for him to be fired? Do you do you foresee him per- even getting fired, even if he goes zero and six this season, just because it is that shortened, weird season? So the only thing that gives you any indication that it will happen is that there's a new athletic director, right? So there's that. Um, but the other the other variable is schools are bleeding money right now, uh, and you know even though. Uh, USC has its super large endowment. Are they going to want to withdraw from that that endowment and spend that on paying off a coach, this contract? The answer is probably not. Um, I think barring anything insane, like an 0-6 season, uh, Clay Helton's probably coming back again. (laughs) And I don't know. I, to me, at this point, it's a I'll believe it when I see it because I've, you know, we've, we've been asking for him to get fired <laughs> on our show for what feels like two years, um, at least three, at least two, maybe three. But it just, I, I don't, I can't say without any confidence that he will get fired. Um, and what sucks about Clay is that he seems like just like a generally decent human, and you always root for like decent humans, but he shouldn't have ever been given the job in the first place. Um, and that's proven. Uh, he had a, well, I don't, maybe Sam Darnold's not a generational quarterback anymore, but at the college level, he was, uh, he was definitely an elite quarterback. Um, you know, I, I, I still have belief in him and think that the jet situation is probably as bad as you could get on a professional level. Um, but well, yeah, Clay Helton is the, the, the biggest question mark in college football. Andy, you got anything for Saman about the schedule or Coach Coach Helton? No, that was great. 
Yeah, I mean, you think about what Clay, the bad stuff Clay has done outside of, and, and you know, he didn't directly do this, but the bad things that have happened by proxy of Clay being still here is Oregon is is plucking out kids out of out of the Los Angeles area left and right. Uh, whether it was Thibodeau, then this off this past year it was Flo. Um, you know, at Foreman is another kid that's out of LA five five star defensive lineman that's either going to go to you know, SE fans are hoping, but he's like, he's probably going to go elsewhere. Uh, and that's, I think that's big Clay Helton's biggest failure in this past recruiting class. Also uh, granted they're rebounding a little bit here uh, this, this year for sure. But the Clay Helton effect is, is largely been negative the last, uh, definitely the last two seasons. It's hilarious for me to like hear that just because Andy, you and I, what did we rave about when, or what? What were we always angry about when Sonny was here? Say so he could not recruit in the Bay Area for his life. Mm-hmm. And then when Wilcox came in, the first thing he did is, as soon as his press conference is over, heads to some of the local schools like out in like Pittsburgh and you know the the Eastern Bay Area, right? Yeah. And then to hear like an SC fan going like, "We can't recruit the LA area with Helton," it's like, oh man, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Like I, it, The writing definitely has to be at the wall at that point if you can't. If you're not even in the running for a lot of these top five like or five-star guys that live in that area. Yeah. I mean, last year, this past recruiting class was the worst uh, in the history of the, of the recruiting website era for USC. Um, and that includes, I think, uh, pre P Carroll, they, they started having the sites. So, um, you know, it's the Paul, the Paul Hackett era, even Paul Hackett recruited pretty well, but 
it, again, it sounds like the, this offseason, not only the Ty Orlando signing, but uh, two, uh, two assistant coaches in Dante Williams, who they nabbed from Oregon, uh, and then also Craig Nivar, who uh, is an Orlando buddy, are two really aggressive recruiters, uh, which they needed on that side of the ball. Um, but if they go three years in a row losing the number one defensive player in the state um, and you know top 30 defensive player in the country, overall players, really, uh, that's really, really not, not good. Well, uh, since we're talking about players, let's get into the players here. Let's talk about key players that you think uh, – you know, are going to be a big role for the Trojans this year. Let's start with the offense. Who you got yeah. for us? Keaton Slovis, obviously. Um, the the all the wide receivers: uh, Amon Ra, Tyler Vaughns, Drake London. Um, the big breakout guy there to watch is Brew McCoy, who's recovered mm-hmm. from his off season his season long illness that he had last year. Um, Drake London is is is. Uh, is a wonderful player because he's also a really good basketball player and just like one of those like how are you that good as an athlete that's frightening um (sighs) but but those are the but the really the key the key to if any of this works uh is the offensive line and the big move there is um is elijah vera tucker kicking out from guard to tackle which not an easy Mm. transition by any means he was an all-conference guard uh one of the top graded guards in the country by pff uh, so we'll see if he can make that switch to tackle. Um, but the offense should put up points and should be a top 15, top 20 S and P plus offense, hopefully by the end of the six games. Do you expect him to move? Uh, I'm not, I'm not aware. I'm not that good with the, the lineup at SC. Is he moving to left or right tackle? Left tackle. So yeah, they're, they're really, yeah, he was, yeah, he played mostly left guards, so keeping on the left side line. They're kicking him to Keaton's blind side. So, um that's huge yeah so again as i was mentioning uh, offensive line recruiting hasn't been that great so um you know the the center they really like um so <clears throat> and justin didich uh and brett nealon those are the two centers didich might play a little bit of guard that's how uh thin things are uh, so to speak but um and you know losing the right tackle last year uh in a for, former Tennessee player whose you know, name is escaping me. That's how memorable his performance was. But um, it'll be interesting to see uh, the off- how the offensive line gels. And they, they seem to have some confidence around it. Uh, they they recruited a lot of projects, a lot of three-star guys, but a lot of Texas guys. They seem to be diving into Texas now for offensive linemen, even if they're a little bit more uh, more projects. But in terms of, you know, you're, you're, they're recruiting kids that are already like six, seven, three hundred 300 pounds. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that works. But they, gun, or go ahead. Yeah, so there there is some confidence. Um, Houghton seemed pretty optimistic that a couple of them could contribute if needed. Um, uh, you know, hopefully that's not the case. You'd never want freshmen playing on the offensive line, but uh, if needed, it seems like Houghton has some faith there. Andy, you got anything to ask? Uh, I think Brew McCoy was my big like. That's the one I've heard a lot about, mm-hmm. so I'm scared about that. But. <laughs> Who's, who's, who, who's your pick at running back? Cause it's mm-hmm. crowded and generally upper class field. I feel like. Yep. So we got, uh, we got Vimal Pei coming back, Stephen Carr, who finally might be healthy. That's the big question with him, right? So the talent's he's, there with him. He's been there for eight years, right? <laughs> this, <he's, laughs> this is his fourth. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's always been a little dinged up. So, um, 
we'll see we'll see what happens with with uh, if the car gets started there um and then you know vi is trusty but you know he'll he's not very explosive um he does the job which might be all you need for the running back in this offense uh kristen is the is the fun one he's the the, the track and field guy the burner that can take any any run to the house but he and he added he was only he was playing last season 175 pounds so he had 10 pounds bulked up a little bit that's still not a lot <laughs> for for running back but um but that's that's the problem running back depth isn't great and um they didn't uh, really add a lot to the backfield um this past cycle so yeah that's that's a, definitely a big question yeah we know sorry we know how much Sonny loved the small speedy back that was his favorite or, or like backslash wide receiver like someone that you could put out in the slot and uh just loved it and like swore that it was the key to our success it didn't end up being that way <laughs> yeah yeah, we'll see. So the other running back I um, nearly neglected to mention was Marquis Step. He's the he's the big, two hundred and twenty five pound, two hundred thirty pound guy uh, that can that can help in the short yardage game. Really showed out against Notre Dame uh, from Indiana, um, but he didn't end up getting hurt. You know, running backs get hurt, and the only problem is that after those four, there isn't a lot of depth there. Um, it's mostly walk ons behind those guys, and all all the three of the four four of those guys have had injury trouble and or one was too small <laughs> so uh we'll, we'll see what happens there yeah uh, i remember andy and i when we went down to the field for the sc game a couple years ago we saw steven carr as a freshman and we like walked by him and andy you remember this we were like holy crap that that dude's like built to be a running back yeah. um and we were like he's gonna terrify us for the next four years and then it never happened uh, <laughs> But he's still around. But he's still around. <laughs> so it could, it still could happen. It's yeah. in the realm of possibility. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, that, that brought me back as soon as you mentioned his name. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, talk about the defense. Uh, tell, tell us about your uh, key players you think is going to be big on the defensive side. Yeah. So Jay Tufele opted out, uh, one of our, our best players on the defense. Uh, so that's a big, his sister is going through, has been dealing with coronavirus. She was hospitalized for a long time. He essentially dropped out uh, or opted out so that he could raise a GoFundMe for her, which is, shows you how depressing college football really is uh, at times. But um, <clears throat> so he's focusing on his pro career. The the real hype this season on the defensive side is around uh, Palier Naateote, the middle linebacker. I'm skeptical because uh, he just hasn't been very good, and maybe I'm being harsh. But he's either been uh, dinged up or he finds his way out of position a lot. Uh, and as a middle linebacker, that could be really, really detrimental. Um, so I, it, it feels I've always felt like he's miscast as a middle linebacker and should maybe be an edge rusher. But that that's who Orlando and Helton and everyone is hyping up, saying has grown a lot this offseason. Um, we'll see. If, if he's right and he's actually as good as advertised, then this defense could be really, really good. Um, the defensive backfield is really good, um, whether it's Elijah Griffin or Isaac Taylor Stewart or Chris Steele, uh, all three of the, those three of those boundary corners. And then the nickel, Greg Johnson, uh, was a little inconsistent last season, but um, felt like he got better as the season went on. Um, 
the safeties, uh, Isaiah Palomao and, and uh, Talano Funga are all are all world. But I feel like I keep saying, but uh, if they if they're all they're get they've had uh, some injury issues also. So um, you know there weren't a lot of games that they played together last season. So it, you know if those guys can, the talent's there. It's a matter of health and and if the scheme is right. Uh, I think the scheme is right. The one freshman, uh, you know, I almost forgot Drake Jackson. So that they they're moving Drake Jackson from a hand of the ground defensive end to a stand up outside linebacker. He dropped about thirty pounds. Uh, oh man, yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of the big the big thing that everyone's going to watch. Uh, I don't know if any if you guys remember this, but his highlight from the spree game when he was a freshman was him uh, picking off. Uh, I believe now Boise State quarterback Jack Sears and taking it to the house. So the athleticism is there for him. Uh, whether he can play, you know, those kind of weight swings are always hard for guys to adjust to. Whether he can play at that weight uh, and still be an effective pass rusher uh, should be interesting to see. But, you know, athleticism is there, talent's there. Um, the the one f- fresh, true freshman that they're uh, really hyping up is Marlon Tupelotu's brother, Tui, Tuli Tupelotu. Uh, and they're saying he could get some snaps uh, as a freshman and contribute right away. So, um should be interesting defense, big question mark, hoping the scheme and coordinator change from Clancy to Todd Orlando works, hoping Orlando also is the linebackers coach, uh, new defensive line coach in Vic Soto from, they pulled him from the East coast from Virginia, uh, other world recruiter and defensive back coach Dante Williams, and then uh, Craig Nivar. So they're, they're hoping all those guys, brand new defensive staff, essentially, um, bears uh bears fruit for for usc in general and then really puts this talent together uh but we'll see i that's the big question mark there you know no spring practice uh <laughs> yeah. they've you know what four three four weeks or whatever everyone's been doing obviously they've been do, for doing virtual install like this um, but that's that's way different than being on the field absolutely Andy, you got anything on this spoiling our next one but i'm curious like unit that you have all the confidence in the world in defensively and then one that you're like i don't know wait to see uh i trust the defensive backs especially given the coach combination and the talent that's there you have three five-star guys on the boundaries uh greg johnson was a four-star at corner and then the safeties uh collectively you know that's that's the unit um if they play well so goes the defense in my view um and they have, they, there's no reason for them not to. Um, Steele has already showed a lot as a true freshman. Uh, you know, none of these guys really have that Jack Jones-ish vibe where they're, you know, celebrating QB miss throws. Um, they're all, they all seem really in there and, and good competitors and great mindsets. Um, so uh, that, that to me is the, the, the strength, the weakness, or the big question mark is defensive line. It's, you know, Two pull two and Brandon Peely, you're going to have to carry a lot um, outside of them. It's kind of young and a lot of guys that have kind of been shuffled between some roles and Connor Murphy, um, some juke, a Juco guy that mm, ha- has struggled to find some playing time in Caleb Tremblay. Um, so the defensive line is the big question marks for SC are the lines. And that's not necessarily a place you want to have question marks. Yeah. Well, um, since Andy asked about the defense, let's uh, let's ask that same question, but on the offense. Like, do you have any breakout players or places that you're worried about? Uh, breakout players. I mean, I can't say Keaton because he broke out. 
I think, I think Drake London's going to really go off. Um, he early on Keaton trusted him in, in big spots and third downs in the red zone. He was the guy that he was kind of looking forward to. I mean, obviously, uh, Amon Ra is, is a talent, uh, and so is Tyler Vaughn's. Um, but I think, I think Drake London's probably going to take another step. Uh, they're going to try to cycle some guys. So, you know, you'll see some Brew McCoy in there. Um, those, those are kind of the, the, the breakout guys to me. And, you know, if Stephen Carr can be healthy, the talent's there. Just health is his biggest problem. Do you have any spots on the offense that you're worried about? Offensive line. Mm-hmm. For sure. Outside of Elijah Vera Tucker and even <clears throat> including Elijah Vera Tucker in the sense that he's moving to left tackle. Um, that's a huge, huge question mark. But, you know, I think what's the the really interesting thing for me to watch around the offensive line is Tim Drevno, um, you know, offensive coordinator at Michigan, uh, you know, wrote, run first pro stylish kind of a guy all the way through his career, but has kind of adapted to this, to this, uh, the air raid mindset and, and seems to be really embracing the change and welcoming it and, and trying to, to adapt not only his style to it, but his coaching to it. And, uh, the, the raves in the off season, if you go on sites like uscfootball.com or Rainer Troy's that the players are really taking to it and are really appreciating that, you know, his, his value as a coach and as a leader. So, if if Drevno and, and can get that group going right with uh, Graham hopefully scheming properly around what his what he might have questions around, I think should be a really big year for the offense. So what if so if everything goes well, what happens? Six and zero, convincing win in every game. Okay, at least and- at least double digit wins in every game. That's if it goes well. And so based on what you've told us, the offense carries you there, the line the offensive line maybe doesn't get hurt and plays well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're 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 scoring 35 40 points a game and allowing, you know, just 10 points less than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's okay if you're allowing 30 points uh, you know, 35 points, but if you're putting up 40 45 which this uh, there's really no reason for this office not to, at least from a skill possession standpoint. Um, then I, you know, that's a that's a really good, a good, uh, really good season. And yeah, and then you gotta you gotta win every game. There's there's from football reasons, there's no excuse to not win every game. And then if the season explodes, <laughs> uh, you lose week one to ASU. <laughs> Uh, and you lose week three to Utah, and then you kind of just limp to the rest of the games. That's it. Yeah. You lose those two games, nothing really matters. Uh, it, I mean, sure, beating a really bad Arizona team with uh, a potential lame duck coach, um, beating a bad Colorado team with a brand new head coach, uh, beating a probably bad Wazoo team with a new but fun head coach and then beating whatever the hell's going on in Westwood with, with Chip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not really inspiring. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, if it goes bad, it, you lose two games. It's disaster. If you lose anything really more than I could, I could stomach and understand the Utah loss. If it's like a close game and you know, fluky weird shit happens, but um if there's if there's any sort of like the offense doesn't show 
where the defense doesn't show up. Like the ASU game, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But yeah, those are those are my if things don't go well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly the question we had in mind uh, and the answers we had in mind. So uh, let's uh, let's move to the bigger picture. Let's talk about the South. Um, give me a surprise team or a dark horse team you think might win the win the South. Uh, I mean. In my view, it should be nobody else. Um, <laughs> if, the, if if we had you hostage and we forced you to answer it, the dark I'll, horse, I'll, is, yeah. yeah, the dark horse is ASU, right? So the the full Herm Edwards experience. Um, they have the quarterback. The quarterback's there. They're replacing literally everything else. So that's that's the hard part. It's really hard to to put all your money on just one dude. Um, but if the if the one dude you're going to put it on is is Jaden Daniels, then that's not a bad dude to put it on. Um, I just the the surprise team. I mean, Arizona probably gets a little bit better, but I don't know how much. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Like there, there shouldn't be outside. You know, and Utah's Utah's Utah, right? Like you can't. They're they're so such a well oiled machine at this point. Um, they develop. Yeah, they're all have Utah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Uh, if, so Utah's set like they're like they're not gonna fire their coach no but they're who who is the he just got an extension three years three years yeah he did he did get another extension so yeah he's there forever they're they're already making his monument (laughs) haven't you heard they're building it up right now outside the stadium outside of right seconds who loses their job at the end of the season because there's one brand new coach brand new coach so can't be Colorado. Maybe it will be, but couldn't, you know, we're going to say that that's probably not going to happen. It's another Mel Tucker situation, Colorado. How, how sucky <laughs> would that be for Colorado fans if they had another Mel Tucker situation on their hands? Back to back years. Yeah. That's like, brutal. So who is it that. Who gets fired? Yeah. In all honesty, probably nobody um, given the environment. But, you know, if we're saying, you know, current environment doesn't exist and it's a normal year it's got to be clay right like if he underperforms it's got to be clay i don't think i don't think a public school is paying chips contract buyout uh i don't think that's happening um <laughs> i don't <laughs> i'm surprised i'm shocked yeah i would you think they're fine you think clay will get i mean chip will get fired i mean he has to be the coach that's the seat is the hottest i would think right no <laughs> I mean, the question for me would be uh, the, the way I would phrase the question is if all teams go zero and six, like let's say yeah, yeah. Arizona, UCLA, and SC go all both go zero and six. Who is the first person that's getting fired off the tarmac? Like who is who's no, getting that termination notice first? No, I think it's world is, you're welcome for that that verb. Um, uh, it's it's got to be Clay. Yeah, it's the uh, only school that can do it on the tarmac they've done it before there's precedent there. <laughs> experience yeah <laughs> uh it's got to be clay I, I don't think ucla is ready to fire chip um i i, I really don't I, I don't know why but i i can't see anything other than clay getting fired in terms of in terms of the south if it goes poorly i get well i don't know how many years does someone have left i could see someone getting fired there's nothing there there's literally if you, if you guys think chip is bad someone's worse right <laughs> like, what no, does he show for it le- legitimately no i think that he's he'd be my number two i put clay number three <laughs> but after talking to you tonight maybe not maybe not maybe <laughs> he probably has the most money to be able to do it right away right. i don't think i mean 
I was talking to another buddy of mine. He's like, it all, in all of college football, like right now, who has the hottest seat? And it's probably Tom Herman. And Absolutely. Texas, Texas is probably the only school amidst a pandemic that would with do no it. fans that probably would do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they would do it. That, that so, you know, that the football obsession in that state, I think, mm-hmm. I think, um, bears weight on that most probably happening. And then, like, you know, USC fans fancy themselves as football <laughs> but it's like, guys, come on, like nobody, you know, even in. Football obsessed states, eight and five teams sell out every game. We're not that. There, you know, there's better shit to do in LA when teams are when there's a mediocre product. Um, we say the same thing about Cal. Yeah, we say the exact same thing about Cal. So uh, it's the issue. I mean, it's I think it's the issue that all of these sports teams were facing. You know, the Giants were seeing declining attendance numbers. That's the Warriors were not <laughs> the, <laughs> but you know, it's, and then the sharks I think have been pretty stable, um, but were tr- terrible last year. So, I mean, before pre COVID, I think that it's the thing with the Bay area is like you not only just, uh, that's the thing. When I was in Chicago, I would just watch football Saturday and Sunday all day yeah. and you're out here and it's like, dude, there's like life to be had. And then we're in the Midwest. It's like, I'm inside it's and it's freezing. Yeah. So what else am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. I like, Your I like face text literally Andy. hurts when you walk outside. Yes. I like text yeah. Andy on game day. I'm like, hey, where are you at? I'm heading to this team. He's like, oh, I'm on a hike. I was like, <laughs> it's like two hours from two hours from game time. And we have to be in the press box and you're on a hike right now. He's like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll make it on time. And like, right as like, we're standing up for the national anthem. Andy comes like rushing in and setting his backpack down, sitting down next to me. He's like, I told you I'd make it on time. I was like, by literally the skin of your teeth, but okay. Yeah. You, you do have a point. You did make it on time uh, before kickoff. So there's, there's too much stuff to do here, man. No, there's, yeah. It's like, and especially, you know, like you said, in the Bay area and in Southern California, you, if, you could either be spending two, three hundred dollars on an afternoon, or you could be like on a hike, or you could be hanging out with uh, if you've got a dog, hanging out with your dog somewhere, or just like watching from home or sitting outside. There's lots of other things you'd be doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I have one final question that I've been asking all our preview guests uh, before we close. Unless Andy, you have anything else you want to ask someone about about SC Mm-mm. or the big picture? Nope. nope. All right. Well, here's my f- final question to you. I've been asking all the guys and gals that we've interviewed. It's 2020, the year of uncertainty and insanity. If there's <laughs> one prediction that you can make about the Pac-12 that is so out there you don't think will happen, but because it's 2020, you know, right, anything can happen. So give give me one of your uh, just outlandish predictions. If you want, for an example – the uh the Quack Twelve guys uh, who do the Oregon podcast they said that Oregon State and Colorado will finish third in their respective divisions. <laughs> like that was that was the like their way out there, uh, their way out there thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at the at the divisions and I'm, I don't know how you get to Oregon yeah. State and Colorado. <laughs> um. This feels like a cheap answer, but Keaton Slovis wins the Heisman Trophy. I mean, if he blitzes through those six games and Mac Jones gets COVID and <laughs> Trevor Lawrence gets COVID, I mean, who else is there, right? Like, outside of those two guys, it's kind of... Uh, probably need Travis Etienne to get COVID, too. Yeah, probably. 
but you know they don't give Heisman trophies to running backs anymore. Um, <laughs> but you know that's that's my that's my out there. Uh, Keaton Slovis winning the Heisman. It's a super long shot because you know the the general opinion of the of the Pac-12 is so low right now. Um, but I guess if you want a further long shot than that, is Jaden Will- Jane Daniels wins the Heisman if he goes off. I mean, it's like he runs for you know 100 yards a game and throws for two 300 yards a game. He has the talent to do it, and you know, well, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, he, has, he lost his thousand yard rusher behind him and his thousand yard pass catcher in front of him. Dude, he's maybe he does both. <laughs> maybe he does both. Yeah, maybe he runs for a thousand. And, yeah, exactly. Full Mike Vick and Madden. Exactly. Madden was that Madden 04? Yeah, was a cheat code Madden with Michael Vick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, um, if you don't have anything else, Andy, uh, I think that's that's a wrap. Yes. Can I ask you guys some questions about Cal since we're not going to play each other this year? <laughs> sure. This is the first. This is the first time in I don't know how many ever years that we're not playing any of the LA schools. Yeah, it's kind of blows me out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, COVID cancellation game aside, do you do you like that second place prediction? Andy, you want to take it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Cal has as good a shot as anyone to win the Pac-12 North this year. I think second seems reasonable. You know, we've, long, of course, in the year, I mean, t- to be in line with 2020, this was shaping up to be one of the most loaded Cal teams in the last decade. And we've lost over half of this season and opportunity now. So I think like to me, it sounds, I, I do like it. I mean, we're still Cal. So like to put anything above second would be just like pretty outlandish. But, um, you know, I think that there, it was one of those things and looking at the schedule, it's a hard schedule. I think Oregon state will be better. I've said that like repeatedly, I just expect them to kind of improve this year. And then, um, you know, I think Washington State is like full rebuild. Like the North is, the, the game against Washington was kind of a big test. And, I, and so it's losing that though is wild. So now I have no idea. But I could see Cal as easy, easily kind of going 5-0 and oh as they could 3-3. Three and three. Or something, well, 2-3, and 3-2, three, three and two, whatever. Whatever yeah. it is now, you know. I think uh, I think the North is up uh, up for grabs a little bit more than people think it is. Uh, you know, I think the Ducks a lot of turnover there uh, along the offensive line and at quarterback. Um, Cristobal's got a little got a little Clay Helton in him, uh, not in a good way. Kind of turtles up in, in weird moments. Uh, I'll never forget the game that he should have just kneeled it down, but he ran the ball and lost the game to Stanford. Um, so yeah, I you know, granted he's recruited his ass off, but I don't know what Stanford's going to be. Like, it's, no one it, knows. Yeah, <laughs> it's David Shaw, but it's also Davis Mills. Is he good? Is he not? I don't think anyone also cares. <laughs> so, <laughs> general <laughs> lack of disinterest. Yeah. yeah, I was super excited to watch Cal this year. I thought, um, you know, there's been a Justin Wilcox rebirth amongst. Uh, well, not all USC fans. A lot of people still hate him, but <laughs> amongst smarter football fans. Um, I also don't think you're the only fan base. I think Washington and Boise State and you uh, at Washington. I don't know. Some Washington fans, so Washington State or some Washington fans still are like good riddance. Like I hope, I hope he loses <laughs> the game. Like I think that's the Sark taint. It might be. It actually um, might be. But it's by but, association. I mean the the Jeff the Jeff all time. 
him looking uh, yes. like a total creep. It's I think so we good. do have another one of those. We have a refreshed. We have yeah, a refreshed version. Yeah. <laughs> Just not as creepy. But nice. there is a refreshed version. Yeah. yeah. So with yeah, the was, appropriate gear on. There was a time last year that uh and unironically people were like Justin Wilcox, maybe, to <laughs> replace Clay. Um, but then things kind of turned south a little bit. But I think it's I think that's like you guys have people that said that. I mean, I know Oregon came calling, but he politely declined. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I personally don't think he's leaving here anytime soon. I think he's perfectly happy here. He should. There's some. There's some guys in situations that you're like, why? I mean, why would you leave it? Like, there's, you know, yeah. If you go think, in private cow, it's not a bad thing. No, right? Because I think no offense, we'll talk, that's not a bad exactly. Thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's bad to us. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're not going to lose your job. That's the difference. Yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it will give you the extra year to be like, eh, it was just a bad year. I mean, if for goodness. Sunny, if you're making bowls like, and like threatening for conference titles, I think that's a good job to be like, unless you get Aaron Rodgers again <laughs> and Marshawn Lynch on the same team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, and Deshaun. And Deshaun. Yeah. Yep. It starts with making a bowl every year. And that's what they've set out and basically oh nearly done yeah. and um and then getting our first bowl win yeah, there's just like a ton of positive momentum with the program or recruiting better we're winning at home uh just you know in unfortunate like like the biggest dj rogers like i don't even know how to say it. it's like not really unfortunate like he fucked up uh, but uh you know like we've been able to win talent like get talent and um and I think that's different yeah. than it, than it has been in a while. Yeah, uh, it's a fun it's a fun little team you guys have. Um, you know, it's not every position is is strong, but you have really good coaches. Um, Garbers is, is super fun. Uh, he's a if he can stay healthy guy, um, but he he can be super fun. So I think they were like a top ten at offense with him. They, yeah, I believe somewhere in there. I think SP Plus might have had him pretty high when Garbers yeah. actually played a full game. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that that rivalry isn't happening. I'm bummed to not go to any football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm sort of happy college football is back with a high <laughs> degree of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> kind of has you on the edge of your seat, like up until kickoff. Like, is this game actually happening? So now I'm going to have that fear now every week. Or any yeah. any like Cal game, and I think this should also strike fear into all of Pac-12 fans. It's like until kickoff happens, you're like, is this game happening? Is it is is someone going to test positive like during warmups, um, and they're going to have to cancel everything? So the whole Fox crew being out because of coronavirus yeah. for Big Noon Saturday or Big Saturday kickoff, whatever it's called. Liner yeah. Liner and his COVID denying. Oh boy, oh no. Oh. So. What are you What are you working on? Like, what are you plugging? Plugging the show, yeah. Just uh, please follow follow uh, the show at Travel Eats Thursdays. We can you can find us anywhere you find podcasts uh, at tht underscore usc on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Saman Jabari S A M A N D J A B B A R I on Twitter. Um, you can follow uh, Kenny at Kenneth Martin Seven, and then Will at Will underscore Robinson underscore. Those are the three dudes that do the show. Um, we really appreciate it. We're 
we're loosey goosey. Uh, we like to have fun with it. Um, we fancy ourselves as if a, this weird, uh, podcast ain't played. Nobody meets, um, the shutdown full cast of USC football. Uh, we've gotten a negative review that called us a bunch of frat boys, which we are not, but it was <laughs> laughed at. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, if you like to just, you know, enjoy college football and, and listen to three dudes be stupid about it, I would recommend the show. Well, they're a friend, of, they're a friend of ours. So, you know, they're good. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Um, yeah. So if that's it for the golden bear cast, if you're listening, you already found us. So why do I need to tell you where to find us? But you can find us on Twitter. We do have a discord channel. You can join as well, but also you can find all our written stuff at rightforcalifornia.com. Uh, we have all of the Washington previews up, <laughs> um, that is now deemed useless, but, uh, we are doing watch along live streams on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Twitch. So look into that, subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and set your alerts just so you know when we go live. You can join us in the chats. We're reading that all the time and just interact with us for the watch alongs. If if I get this posted before the Washington game, we'll probably do the air. We'll probably do the Oregon uh, Stanford game and just watch along for that. But uh, next week we'll have the ASU game. Uh, maybe we'll ask someone to to come on and and join us for a quarter. Uh, yeah. to talk about the ASU, what he's seeing, and you know, we'll all face palm together as Herm Edwards maybe calls a, a you know an all out blitz on you know third and forty. Like who knows? Who yeah. knows what we'll see? But it's Pac twelve football, and we're all here to just enjoy it. We're here for the ride. Marvin Lewis back at defensive coordinator in the year twenty twenty. What's gonna go yeah. wrong or weird about it? <laughs> I did. We're gonna see uh, Ray Maluga come out and just uh, <laughs> just like be the starting starting linebacker. Ejected uh, immediately for his head. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and that's it. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs>